you're back, friend. I'm back. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year's. <laughs> Has it been that long? No, I oh. don't think so. But anyway. Definitely Valentine's Day. We just yeah, had Valentine's. How was it? Fine. Let's see. I made, I told you, huh? Yeah. With the browned butter? Yes. Yeah, they all hoarded that down. That's very nice. I guess. So, and then I made brownies with um, a milk chocolate, white chocolate covering, <gasps> and they said they're too rich. It it sounds good, but I could see how that would be yeah. too rich. Yeah, it was. It I, Well, I'm not going to eat that. So You would die. Your soul yeah, would leave your body. I would. But yeah, everything's fine. Everybody's fine. How about you? Good. Good. Everything's good. The youngest is going to get the license soon. I hope so. A week from today, he God. has his test. Everybody be praying. <sighs> Little duh. I know. When the, when the youngest one... I mean, I only have two, but, you know, yeah. It, when he gets his license, that's that. That's it. There you go. You might, you'll be free. Yeah. But it's a sad free. It is kind of. Because we don't want to be free. Well, I guess not. Maybe when they're a little older. Yeah. That's all right. This is why we raised them, Robin. Yeah. To fly. Yeah. So, anyway. Yes. So, here we are in Kings, huh? We are, we are. Um, so yeah, news. Uh, we now have a Twitter and an Instagram. Oh my gosh! So uh, yeah, Twitter is Basic Bible Study, like at yeah, and then um, Instagram is My Basic Bible Study. All the links are on the website. Great! I can't wait to see it. Yeah, great. So we're just we throw up, you know, things here and there. Usually every day I'll put something up. That is so kind. <laughs> I love that. So you never know who's going to need something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. I really thought there was something else I was going to say, Amy. There was news. Twitter, Instagram. Twitter, Instagram. It's one of those days, friend. Um, Believe me. <laughs> I don't. Oh, yeah. So, uh, last session, we started because Chris filled in. Yes. And we it, we did what we talked about before, where we skimmed over okay some parts of Kings. So okay. you know it's all important. Yes, but we didn't want to get too bogged down with stuff. So we kind okay. and we'll do the same with some of this as well. Okay. All right. Now, do you want to start us in prayer? I sure do. Okay. Lord, I know you're with me and love me. Give me peace of mind as I prepare for this time of study. Help me to focus on my books and notes. Keep me from all distractions so that I will make the best use of this time that is available to me to be with you. Give me insight that I might understand what I am studying and help me to remember it when the time comes. Above all, I thank you for the ability to be able to study and for the many gifts and talents that you've given me. Help me always to use them in such a way that they honor you and do justice to myself. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. All right. All right, so we've, we're covering a lot of territory today, Amy. All right. First Kings, chapters 17 through 22, and then parallel verses, which cover Second Chronicles 17 through 21. First, we will recap First Kings 12 through 16, and then the parallels, Second Chronicles 10 through 16. Okay. Okay, so uh, King Solomon died, and his son Rehoboam was now king. 
Jeroboam came out of hiding to speak to Rehoboam about the treatment of the Israelites. Rehoboam listened to his friends and not his experienced advisors and told the people they must work harder. And they did not like that. So Rehoboam fled for his life. Jeroboam was then king of the ten tribes. And that was called Israel and that was the northern kingdom. Rehoboam was king of two tribes called Judah. That's the southern kingdom. Common priests were appointed in Israel, not from the tribe of Levi, and the priests from the tribe of Levi traveled to Judah. Okay. King Shishak. Shishak. Yep, from Egypt. He invaded and stole everything in the temple just five years after it was completed. Gosh. All that time and stuff, all and everything that went Everybody into it. Everybody coming and... Five years. And uh, and that was about it. That's what we covered last time. Okay. First Kings chapter sixteen verses twenty one through thirty four. Uh, more ancestors of Rehoboam and Jeroboam were ruling their respective lands. King Ahab, who is a descendant of Jeroboam, in First Kings sixteen thirty three. In part, it says he did more to provoke the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel than any of the other kings of Israel before him. And then he did this by constructing altars for worshiping foreign gods. And it's the foreign wives getting in there. There they are, yeah. That's all I had really for that section. Did you have anything you wanted to touch upon there? Um, it's not in here, but a, an idol can be anything even for us. Yes. It can, be, it can even be church over the Lord. If you're so... Like you're going to church, you're going, you're donating your time, you're this and that. But if it's not for the right reasons, then that can be an idol. I That's never even thought told. about that. Yeah. Money, of course, everybody knows that. And yeah. things and another human. But we learned that a while back that even those things, you know, we have to be able to um, differentiate between... Is the Holy Spirit directing us to this, or is it my own wicked heart? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, if you're you're going there to get pats on the back or whatever, you're not doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, you're, you're being prideful. Yes, yes. So that's just what I was thinking about. Um, that's all I really had. Okay, so let's uh, move on. First Kings 15, 23, and 24. I didn't have anything for there. Okay. What about you? No, I don't have anything for that either. Okay. No, I don't. Okay, the parallel verse, 2 Chronicles 16, 11 through 14, mentions Asa didn't seek the Lord's help with his foot disease. He only turned to physicians. Mm-hmm. This was interesting because it talks about in our note the involvement of physicians and should you involve them? You know, shouldn't mm-hmm. you? Like biblically, kind of what it says. Did you have that note or did you? I want did. Me? Okay, I have go it ahead. marked. It yeah. says the criticism of Asa's visit to the physicians was not a general indictment of medicine. Asa's, is it Asa? I think so, yeah. Asa's problem was that he completely ignored God's help. The medicine practiced at this time was a mixture of superstition and folk remedies. We should certainly avoid any medicinal treatments delivered from occult sources. Asa's experience should encourage us to follow the New Testament practice 
of receiving prayer for our sickness as we seek responsible medical help. So I think if you're going to the right ones. Yes, yes. Not not some, I don't know, like witch doctor or... Voodoo man. Yeah. You know, even like natural medicine might be okay. All, All right. right. Anything else there, friend? Nothing there. Moving to Second Chronicles 17, verses 1 through 19. King Jehoshaphat, who is Rehoboam's descendant in Judah in the southern kingdom... Uh, he's in charge, and there's just a couple of quick verses I wanted to read. Second Chronicles 17, 7, and then 9. In part 7 says, In the third year of his reign, Jehoshaphat sent his officials to teach in all the towns of Judah. And then 9 says, They took copies of the book of the law of the Lord and traveled around through all the towns of Judah teaching the people. So we're finally, you know, finally we're getting a, a, yes. a, a God-fearing one in there. Yeah. Did you have any notes for there? I do. Okay. It says the people of Judah were biblically illiterate. They had never taken time to listen to and discuss God's law and understand how it could change them. Jehoshaphat realized that knowing God's commands was the first step to getting people to live as they should. So he initiated a nationwide religious education program. He reversed the religious decline that had occurred at the end of Asa's reign by putting God first in the people's minds and instilling in them a sense of commitment and mission. Because of this action, the nation began to follow God. Churches today need solid Christian education programs. Exposure to good Bible teaching is essential for living as God intended. I mean, how many times have we heard start your day with the Lord, end your day? Mm -hmm. The church you go to needs to be biblically based, you know. Yeah. Now, um, I'm going to put this on Facebook and the social media sites, but there's an in, we there's inserts in our Bible. We've mentioned it. Yes. And this particular one was for Elijah. And in our Bible, it's on page 719. Okay. I wanted to read a little bit, but I'll put it, I've taken a picture, I'll put it on the, on the sites, but it says, a few things that stand out, Elijah's single-minded commitment to God shocks and challenges us. He was sent to confront, not comfort, and Elijah spoke God's words to a king who often rejected the message just because he brought it. Elijah chose to carry out his ministry for God alone and paid for that decision by experiencing isolation from others who are also faithful to God. Even today, God often speaks through the gentle and obvious rather than the spectacular and unusual. God has work for us to do even when we experience fear and failure. And God always has more resources and people than we know about. Although we might wish to do amazing miracles for God, we should instead focus on developing a relationship with him. The real miracle of Elijah's life was his very personal relationship with God, and that miracle is available to us. Mm -hmm. Okay, so going to 1 Kings 17, 1-7, mm -hmm. after an interaction with King Ahab, uh, we come to 1 Kings 17. And if you could read 2-4, through 4, please. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kareth Brook near where it enters the Jordan River. 
drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. And they did. And they did. They brought them bread and water twice a day. Bread and meat, excuse me. Bread and meat twice a day. Twice a day. That's amazing. I know. Uh, did you have any notes for that section? I did. Um, few priests were left from the tribe of Levi. Most had gone to Judah. And the priests appointed by Israel's kings were corrupt and ineffective. With no king or priest to bring God's word to the people, God called prophets to try to rescue Israel from its moral and spiritual decline. For the next 300 years, these men and women would play vital roles in both nations, encouraging the people and leaders to turn back to God. And there were women prophets. Yeah. That's that's something back yeah. then. Yeah. And a prophet is someone who God speaks to. Yes. Perfectly. Just so if somebody doesn't. No, that's yeah. great. Thank you. Anyway, I thought that was so good. Yes. yes. Anything yes. else for there? Um... I just had those who worshipped Baal, or Baal, whatever it was, it was an idol, believed he was the God who brought the rains and bountiful harvests. So when Elijah walked into the presence of this Baal-worshipping king and told him there would be no rain for several years, Ahab was shocked. Ahab had built a strong military defense, but it would be no help against a drought. Okay, 1 Kings 17, 8 through 24. The Lord instructed a widow to feed Elijah in a nearby village. Elijah asked the widow for a little water and bite of bread, but she hardly had anything. She just had a little flour and oil. And so sad, she was gathering sticks to cook the last meal for her and her son because she was like, we're going to die after this. This is it. Gosh. But Elijah reassured the widow in um, verse 14, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. And the Lord provided for them. Yes. No kidding. She And she trusted Elijah and gave him all she had to eat. Yes. I know. That was... Like, they had nothing. Not a thing. Nope. Nope. Any notes for their friend? Um, it says, faith is the step between promise and assurance. Miracles seem out of reach for our feeble faith, but every miracle, large and small, begins with an act of obedience. We may not see the solution until we take the first step of faith. Yeah. Is that not the truth? Yes. Yeah. And then I thought it was interesting, um, the note for verse 10, in a nation that was required by law to care for its prophets... It is ironic that God turned to ravens, which were unclean birds, and a widow, a foreigner from Jezebel's home territory, to care for Elijah. God has help where we least expect it. He provides for us in ways that go beyond our narrow definitions or expectations. No matter how bitter our trials or how seemingly hopeless our situation, we should look for God's caring touch. We may find his providence in some strange places. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. And then, Amy, could you please read verses 17 through 24, please? Because this was just beautiful. Sometime later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse, and finally he died. 
Then she said to Elijah, O man of God, what have you done to me? You have come here to point out my sins and kill my son. But Elijah replied, Give me your son. And he took the child's body from his, her arms and carried him up the stairs to the room where he was staying. He laid the boy on his bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me, causing her son to die? And he stretched, and he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer, and the life of the child returned, and he revived. Then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son is alive. The, the woman told Elijah, now I know for sure that you are a man of God, and that the Lord truly speaks through you. Beautiful. Yes. I Yeah, and I thought about the three times he went, because... Biblically, like when they say holy, 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 it's just this sacred, you know, and I just thought three times, I wonder, you know. You know, that's it's interesting you brought that up because last session, uh -huh. Chris was just kind of, we weren't talking about it. He's like, wait a minute. He's like, how come, you know, the three, three is used a lot yeah. in a lot of circumstances. So, yeah, numbers yeah. are used. Yes. Anything else for there? No, that's what um, I have a note for seventeen seventeen. Go ahead. Yeah. Even when God has done a miracle in our lives, our troubles may not be over. The famine was a terrible experience, but the worst was yet to come. God's provision is never given in order to let us rest upon it. We need to depend on Him as we face each new trial. Yes, that's the truth. All right, 1 Kings 18, 1 through 40, Elijah confronted King Ahab regarding his so-called prophets. And in verses 19 through 22, it says, Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who are supported by Jezebel. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. So the two bulls were prepared, but not set on fire. And Elijah had the false prophets call on their gods, you know, to try to start the fire. Yeah. And that nothing happened. So then Elijah prepared his altar and poured water over the offering and wood three times and prayed. And then the Lord lit the altar. Yeah, he lit it up. There we are. And Amy, if you could read verses 38 and 39, please. Sure. Let me get over here. It says... Um, Immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. And then Elisha had all of the, those prophets seized yes. and had them killed. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. But how amazing. I know. I know. Were there any notes that stood out to you there? Um, I have 
using 12 stones to build the altar took courage. This would have angered some of the people because it was a silent reminder of the split between the tribes. While the 10 tribes of the north called themselves Israel, the name is originally this name was originally given to all 12 of the tribes together. And then I have about Mount Carmel. Yeah, go ahead. It says Mount Carmel is more of a ridge than a mountain. It extends about 20 miles along the Mediterranean Sea and juts, juts, <laughs> southeastward into the Jezreel Valley. Its greatest width at the southeast is 13 miles. Its highest point is 1,742 feet. It was here that the contest between Elijah and the prophets of Baal took place. The site was fitting because Carmel was disputed territory between Israel and the Phoenicians, and thus between the Phoenician god Baal, Baal or Baal and Israel's god. Baal did not respond to the prophets of Baal because he was a false god, a dead god. The god of Elijah responded because he is the true god, the living god. Elijah was not the first to build a Hebrew altar on the mountain. The narrative describes him as repairing a ruined altar of the Lord before offering his sacrifice. The traditional location of that contest is Quirin Kirin Ha Carmel at 1,580 feet, 81 feet overlooking the Jezreel Valley. The Kishron River flows through the va that valley around the north of Carmel. Beautiful. Yeah. It must be so nice there. I know. It must be. Just beautiful. Alrighty. So now for 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46, I didn't have anything. Did you have anything for there? I do. Okay. Um, Elijah ran six miles back to the city in order to give Ahab a last chance to turn from his sin before, before joining Jezebel in Jezreel. His rant run also ensured that the correct story of what happened would reach Jezreel. Mm. And I there was a thing in the Elijah thing you're going to post where it says, God speaks more frequently in persistent whispers than in shouts. Boy, that's the truth. It is. And mm -hmm. I like how they kind of affirm that in the Bible. Like, we'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. But it's yes, true. It like, yeah. it, it, it's not the loud, hey, hey, hey. No. It's the little things. Yes. Then the, because we're going to start to talk about Jezebel a little bit. Mm -hmm. And now there was an insert about her. It said Jezebel ranks as the most evil woman in the Bible. <laughs> I... If you're going to go big, be, go big, be, go big, be yeah. the most evil. The Bible even uses her name as an example of people who completely reject God. And then they cited Revelation 2, uh, 20 and 21, where it says, Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet. Oh. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So not only does God bring her up in Revelation, mm -hmm. he's still giving her time to repent. Mm -hmm. The most evil woman in the Bible. Yeah. That's crazy. That says something. It really does. No matter what you've done. 
Yes. You know? Mm. Uh, but, oh, sorry. But no one was as determined as Jezebel to make all Israel worship her gods. She not only managed her husband Ahab, mm. but she also had 850 assorted pagan priests under her control. I wanted to ask you something. Mm -hmm. That reminded me. Last session. No, it's not sassy. Well, it's a little sassy, but it's not sassy. Last session, we were talking about um, all the wives. One of the kings, you know, they had a lot of wives. Mm -hmm. Do you think there was a pecking order with the wives? I'm sure. That's what I thought, too. You know there is. That's just human nature. Yeah. Now, I would say, yes, there is. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. No, we don't know. We're not saying, like, well, yeah. it, this is what it says, because it never says. We but could find the answer. Someone knows. There there had to have been some women who were like, I'm I'm the biggest queen of them all. Yeah. I think they probably had a favorites. They, they had to. But maybe we're wrong, but I don't know. That's my opinion. Yours? No, that's what I thought. What about the husband? Yeah. He didn't, he didn't really care. Okay. No, he was engaged. Like, it was a good conversation. I think he was just like, why? Why would you marry so many women? Yeah, I know. He, like, he was just shocked at that. My mind was going to, there had to have been a pecking order with yeah. these women. What was the social construct of that? That's right. <laughs> you know there was. Oh, friend. I mean, look at Jezebel. Oh, you knew Jezebel had everyone had, corralled. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Or we read, oh, who was it? Was it David and his people? And they went to that one farm and the, the one wife got them the food, like didn't yes. let the husband see. Yes, yes, yes. But not the other wives, but she did. So maybe that shows. Yeah, she took charge. She said, "We're get, you guys get this, this, and this, and... Because didn't he have a party that night? Yeah. yeah. And they took the food, remember? Yes. And she said it. Yeah. You know, she was like, uh, I'm going to take care of this. Yeah. Mm. We're getting this in order here. <laughs> anyway. All yeah. right. First Kings 19, 1 through 9a. Ahab returned home and told his wife Jezebel what happened. And, um, yeah, she wasn't happy. She wanted Elijah dead. She did. Mm -hmm. uh, any notes for that first part? I just liked um, verse 2 where it said, So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Ooh, that's bitter. Yeah. I do. I have a note. It says Jezebel was enraged about the death of her prophets because they had told her everything she wanted to hear prophesizing her future power and glory their job was to defy the king and queen and help perpetuate their kingdom jezebel was also angry because her supporters had been eliminated and her pride and authority damaged the money she had invested in these prophets was now lost elijah who caused the prophet's death was a constant thorn in jezebel's side because he was always predicting gloom and gloom, gloom and doom since she couldn't control his actions, Jezebel vowed to kill him. As long as God's prophet was around, she could not carry out all the evil she wanted. So, yeah, Elijah, Elijah fled. Yeah. And he rested after traveling all day. And in verses 5 through 9, it says, 
Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some baked bread on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel forty days and forty nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. Why does it always make me hungry for bread? Oh. Doesn't it you when you hear fresh baked bread? You know it must have been the most amazing uh. baked bread ever. Noah said when he was in Romania, every meal comes with bread. Lots oh. of different breads. He said it's the best bread I've ever had. And then the man, the pastor from Romania, says because it's a poor country. That's mm -hmm. why they have bread with everything. Oh. Okay. Well, God bless you. And it's filling. And I'll eat it. Oh. I'm sure there's not butter everywhere. Still. I know. <laughs> um, any notes for there? I'm sorry. It was tell to, to nine, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. um, I had when Elijah thought he was the only person left who still oh that's 10 oh go ahead still true to god he had seen both the king's court and the priesthood become corrupt after experiencing great victory on mount carmel he had to run for his life lonely and discouraged he forgot that others had remained faithful during the nation's wickedness when you are tempted to think that you are the only one remaining faithful to a task don't stop and feel sorry for yourself Self-pity will dilute the good you are doing. Be assured that even if you don't know who they are, others are faithfully obeying God and fulfilling their duties. That's great. I had that last part highlighted. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, moving on to uh, 1 Kings 9, 19b through 18. The Lord told Elijah to stand before him on the mountain, and a windstorm, an earthquake, and fire occurred, but the Lord was not in any of them. Amy, if you could please read verses 12 and 13. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So that's, that's what we were talking about, how it's not the grand things. It's just the little, the little whispers. Mm-hmm. A little whisper. Yeah. Elijah told the Lord how well he served him, but the people of Israel were, were so bad in breaking their covenant with God and how Elijah, he felt he was the only prophet left and he, he's being hunted down. And yeah. The Lord instructed Elijah to go back the way he came and anoint Elisha as his replacement. Yeah. Were there any anything else you want to talk about in that section? Um, I have the cloak. The cloak he had was the most important article of clothing a person could own. It was used as protection against the weather, as bedding, a place to set, luggage. It could even be as a pledge for a debt or torn into pieces to show grief. Elijah put his cloak on Elisha's shoulders to show that he would become Elijah's successor. Later, when the transfer of authority was complete, Elijah left his cloak for Elisha. Is it Elisha? I don't know. Okay. Uh, now I don't know how to pronounce it. What do you it. say? I said Elisha. 
my head. It did. I'm like, Elijah, Elisha. <laughs> That's the only way I can differentiate it. <laughs> I don't know. I've always said Elisha. Elisha and Elijah. Yeah. Okay, hold on now. How to say. How to <laughs> say. Elisha. 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 I know. Feel like it's a, okay. No, now I feel I sound like a dum dum. No. Honest, you don't. How do we know? We probably don't pronounce nothing right. Except that, because we heard it. <laughs> okay. Moving on to 19 through 21, Elijah traveled and found Elisha yeah. plowing the field, and Elijah threw his cloak over him, over the, his shoulders, and walked away. So Elisha knew he had to follow him. He knew. He knew. I guess they just knew then. <sighs> they that's, knew. That's what it meant. I guess are they waking up and saying, Lord, if someone throws a cloak over my shoulders while I got the oxen out there. Let me remember I need to go kiss my mom and dad goodbye. Yeah. And I'll be heading with them. Right. It's Maybe they're always looking around. Any cloak men coming? Anyway. Um, but verse 21 says, so Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Yeah. There it goes. Yeah. And by killing the oxen, Elijah, Elisha made a strong commitment to follow Elijah. Without them, he could not return to his life as a wealthy farmer. This meal was more than a feast among farmers. It was an offering of thanks to the Lord. Who chose Elisha to be his prophet? I, yeah. That's something, honestly. I mean, it that's, really is. That's giving up your life. Yeah. And okay, I'm off. Thank you, I'm Lord. Done. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything else for that section? I don't have nothing. I already read it. Okay. My quote. Yeah. Okay. I have a lot of sections now that will possibly skim over. You stop me when you have okay. something. First Kings twenty one through twelve. Yeah. 1 Kings 20, 13 through 22. I do have something for that. Sure. So on 13, it said, Then a certain prophet came to see King Ahab of Israel and told him, This is what the Lord says. Do you see all these enemy forces? Today I will hand them all over to you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And it says, God defeated the Aramean army for Ahab so that Ahab would know that God alone is the Lord despite this great victory and the one to follow on the plain victory and the one to follow on the plains Ahab continued to live without God evidence of God's greatness surrounds us but like Ahab we choose to ignore it and go on our own way but when we do as with the evil king of Israel disaster will strike open your eyes to the evidence the victories that God is winning for you, then rededicate yourself to him. Hmm. That's what I had for that. Very nice. Mm -hmm. um, 23 through 20, tw excuse me, 1 Kings 20, 23 through 34? Uh, no. 35 through 43? No. 21, 1 through 29? After hearing God's judgment, Ahem went home to pout. Driven by anger and rebellion against God, he had to 
a fit of rage when Naboth refused to sell his vineyard. The same feelings that led him to a career of power grabbing drove him to resent Naboth. Rage turned to hatred and led to murder. Naboth wanted to uphold God's laws. It was considered a duty to keep ancestral land in the family. This incident shows the cruel interplay between Ahab and Jezebel, two of the most wicked leaders in Israel's history. Uh, 22, 1 through 9. Um, 22, 1 through 9. I have 22, 7, mm -hmm. which says, um, Jezef Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We should ask him the same question. And it says, Jehoshaphat knew the difference between the pa these pagan prophets and a prophet of the Lord. So he asked if God's prophet was avail available. Evidently, Jehoshaphat wanted to do what was right, although Ahab didn't. Both kings disregarded God's message, however, and listened only to the pagan prophets. Mm. And then the parallel, which was Second Chronicles 18, 1 through 8. I have when believers in leadership positions become allied with unbelievers, values can be compromised and spiritual awareness dulled. The Bible often word, warns against teaming up with unbelievers. And I thought about, you know, we tell our children when they're growing up, who you hang around with is who you're going to turn out to be. Mm -hmm. Because they have more, they, they, and that right there is why we say it. Yeah. Not that we're saying that they can't be friends with, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you hang around, what, druggies and this and that, you probably are going to probably do it. Yeah. Yeah. The odds are. Yeah. I understand what they're saying there. Yeah. I do. But there's there's good and bad in mm -hmm. in in everything in every in everything in every single thing. Yeah. Um, but I understand what they're saying. Yeah. It just to kind of be on guard. Yes. You know, and, and don't you know um, stick to your morals and stick to your faith. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Moving to First Kings twenty two ten through twenty eight. So we have King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat. They were sitting together on the same threshing floor. And Ahab's prophets promised victory in battle and wanted Micaiah? Mm -hmm, I think. Okay. To do the same. Yeah, so they, they kind of want, wanted Micaiah to lie. Yeah. And at first he sarcastically agreed with the other prophets, but the king wanted the truth. He yeah. knew. He did, yeah. And Micaiah told him. But then King Ahab complained. He's like, you you only bring me troubling news. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Amy, could you please read verses 19 through 23, please? Then Micaiah continued. Listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven around him, on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Ram Ramoth Gilead? so he can be killed. There were many suggestions, and finally a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do this, the Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. 
See, see, so you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all your prophets, for the Lord has pronounced your doom. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But so Micaiah was arrested by King Ahab. Yeah. Um, any notes for there? Because there was some good stuff. Yeah, I had um, his his false prophets would be instrumental in leading him to his own ruin. The vision Micaiah saw was either a picture of a real incident in heaven or a parable of what has ha- what was happening on earth, illustrating that the seductive influence of the false prophets would be part of God's judgment upon Ahab. Whether or not God sent an angel in disguise, he used the system of false prophets to snare Ahab in his sin. The lying spirit symbolized the way of life for these prophets who told the king only what he wanted to hear and then um anything else did you want to read the other one that's i uh, yeah i can okay um does god allow angels to entice people to do evil to understand evil we must first understand god god himself is good god created a good world that fell because of sin someday god will recreate the world and it will be good again god is stronger than evil God allows evil and thus has control over it. God did not create evil and he offers help to those who wish to overcome it. God uses everything, both good and evil, for his purposes. The Bible shows us a God who hates all evil and will one day do away with it completely and forever. God does not entice anyone to become evil. Those committed to evil, however, may be used by God to sin even more in order to hurry their deserved judgment. We do not need to understand every detail of how God works in order to have perfect confidence in his absolute power over evil and his total goodness toward us. Uh, there was just a lot of good stuff in that note. Uh-huh, and it, I'm glad that they said that, like like the men who put God on the Jesus on the cross. We talked about that. They... They were evil, and they will pay the price for what they did, even mm-hmm. though they were used by him. Mm-hmm. But that is such a good way to understand it. Yes. I, I just, I don't know. I like that. No, it, it's really good. I yeah. thought it broke it down really well, because you you do, you read that, and you're like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, anything else for there? That's all I got there. Okay, 2 Chronicles 18, 9 through 27 is the parallel verse. I thought it was essentially the same. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I do. Uh, 1 Kings 22, 29 through 40, King Ahab and King Jehoshaphat battled uh, Ramoth Gilead? That's what I say. Okay, and that's where King Ahab wore a disguise and he was randomly killed by an arrow where King Jehoshaphat called out to the Lord and was saved. Mm. Anything for there? Um, I have, oh no, I don't. I don't think I have anything for that. Um, the only note I had for there was Ahab could not escape God's judgment. The king of Aram sent 32 of his best chariot commanders with the sole purpose of killing Ahab. Thinking he could escape, Ahab tried to disguise, but a random arrow struck him while the chariots chased the wrong king, Jehoshaphat. It was foolish for Ahab to think he could escape by wearing a disguise. Sometimes people try to escape reality by disguising themselves, changing jobs, moving to a new town, even changing spouses. 
but God sees and evaluates the motives of each person. Any attempted disguise is futile. Mm. I just thought that um, that last part of it was really good because I think in some part we all disguise yeah. ourselves. At in times, some, yes. yes. For sure, absolutely. Yes. And then the parallel verse was Second Chronicles eighteen twenty-eight through 34. Okay. Was that the part you had, friend? Yeah. Okay. It says, Jehoshaphat's troubles began when he joined forces with evil King Ahab. Almost at once he found himself the target for soldiers who mistakenly identified him as Ahab. He could have accepted this fate because he deserved it, but instead he cried out to God who miraculously saved him. When we sin and the inevitable consequences follow, we may be tempted to give up, thinking, I chose to sin, it's my fault, I must accept those consequences. While we may deserve what comes to us, that is no reason to avoid calling on our God for urgent help. Had Jehoshaphat given up, he might have died. No matter how greatly you have sinned, you can still call upon God. Mm. Oh, I do have one more. Please, go I'm ahead. I'm sorry. No. A random arrow found a crack in Ahab's armor and killed him. God fulfills his will despite the defense people try to erect. God can use anything, even an error, to bring his will to pass. This is good news for God's followers because we can trust him to work out his plan and keep his promises no matter how desperate our circumstances are. Amen to that. And I thought about Jonah like trying to run. Mm. You remember he was like trying to go to other towns and this and that and... He could never, you know. There was no escaping. No escape. Okay, 1 Kings twenty two fifty one through 53. And I just had um, the one note for there. The, okay. the book of 1 Kings begins with a nation united under David, the most devout king in Israel's history. The book ends with a divided kingdom and the death of Ahab, the most wicked king of all. What happened? The people forgot to acknowledge God as their ultimate leader. They appointed human leaders who ignored God. Then they conformed to the lifestyles of these evil leaders. Occasional wrongdoing gradually turned into a way of life. Their blatant wickedness could be met only with judgment from God, who allowed enemy nations to arise and defeat Israel and Judah in battle as punishment for their sins. Failing to acknowledge God as our ultimate leader is the first step toward ruin. You could write that for today. Oh, for sure. I mean, you could take that and say, what year did, was this talking about? And it could be today. Yeah. The breakdown of the family. There is so, I mean, there is so much stuff going on right now. I know. It is insane. It just is so sad. All right, Second Chronicles 19, 1 through 11, I didn't have anything. Uh, I don't have anything either. Okay. Oh, wait, I do. Sure. 19, 1 through 11? Yes. I have faithful leaders make sure a job is done in God's way and in God's time. They are careful to instill God's wisdom in future leaders and God's values in the entire community. Second Chronicles 21 through 30, war was declared on Judah by several tribes. And then verses 3 through 9 says, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. 
He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting, so people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of your ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. How beautiful is that? that I he know. gathered the people together <clears throat> yeah. and did that. Isn't that beautiful? Um, Anything for there? Um, yes, I have. When the nation was faced with disaster, Jehoshaphat called upon the people to get serious with God by going without food, fasting for a designated time. By separating themselves from the daily routine of food preparation and eating, they could devote that extra time to considering their sin and praying to God for help. Hunger pangs would reinforce their penitence and remind them from their weakness, remind them of their weakness and their dependence upon God. Fasting is still helpful today as we seek God. Can you imagine it probably took all day to cook? To make food. Yes. For the women or whoever was doing it. It had to. Like, before before the sun came up, it, the preparation had to have started. It had to have. Yeah. I can't imagine. No. Mm-mm. Any other notes? Not on that part. I had... Uh, Jehoshaphat's prayer had several essential ingredients. One, he committed the situation to God, acknowledging that only God could save the nation. Two, he sought God's favor because his people were God's people. Three, he acknowledged God's sovereignty over the current situation. Four, he praised God's glory and took comfort in his promises. Five, he professed complete dependence on God, not himself, for deliverance. Mm -hmm. To be God's kind of leader today, follow Jehoshaphat's example. Focus entirely on God's power rather than your own. Wow. And then, friend, would you please read... Verses 13 and 14. Yes, I will. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jahaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, Benaniah, son of Jeel, son of Metaniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph, Asaph, Asaph. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot I about all those names at the end. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. But I that those verses were really amazing because uh, this here we have the Spirit of the Lord. I know. On one person. Yes, on one person again, which Gosh. is just amazing. Yeah, I know. Just like when I know. I had a note for that. As the enemy bore down on Judah, God spoke through Jehaziel. Do not be afraid, for the battle is not yours but God's. We may not fight an enemy army, but every day we battle temptation, pressure, and evil rulers of the unseen world who want us to rebel against God. Remember, 
As believers, we have God's spirit in us. If we ask for God's help when we face struggles, God will fight for us, and God always triumphs. How do we let God fight for us? One, realize that the battle is not ours, but God's. Two, recognize human limitations and allow God's strength to work through our fears and weaknesses. Three, make sure we are pursuing God's interests and not just our own selfish desires. Four, ask God for help in our daily battles. I mean, that's... That says it all. Yeah. I mean, but that's like today. I know when it says... um battle pressure and evil rulers of the unseen world well the seen world too yes yeah do you okay i think we've talked about this before but when you start to become closer with god yeah do you start to see do you start to see evil things do they Um, become clear to you and the devil's more at you well because he says, oh, I'm going to lose my grip here. Yeah. And just say, get thee behind me. Just get on behind me. It just seems like, like, it, um, so much stuff now you see out in the oh. world. Especially on TV. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really watch much TV anymore. No. But sometimes things come on and I'm like, what? I know. I'm with you. I am too. Like, other people see this, right? Yeah. And they don't. I know. But it's what sells. It's of this world. Money, sex, power. But it's just like, it's not, I don't, it doesn't even seem like people are hiding it anymore. No, like, not at all. It's all out in the open. Yeah. And then um, for the end of that section, the singers walked ahead of the army singing and praising the Lord. The Lord made all the enemies battle themselves. And they all died. Later, King Jehoshaphat and his men went to plunder what was left behind from the enemies. And that took place in the Valley of Blessing. And still called that today. Ah. Amazing. Yes. That is lovely. Yeah. Um, Second Kings 1, 1 through 18. Did you have anything for there? I just yeah. had some notes. So I have ahead. a few. Mm-hmm. It says, Baal-zebub... Baal, Baal was not the same God as Baal, the Canaanite God worshipped by Ahab and Jezebel. Baal Zebub was another popular God whose temple was located in the city of Ekron. Because this God was thought to have the power of prophecy, King Ahaziah sent messengers to Ekron to learn of his fate. Supernatural power and mystery were associated with Baal Zebub. As Ahaziah's action showed the king's disrespect for God. Thank you. Yeah. You think about people traveling all over Mm -hmm. for some miracle for the Lord. He'll take care of you right here. Yeah. He really will. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yes. Very good. Anything else for there? No, that's all I had. Um, I had a couple notes. Uh, because First and Second Kings were originally one book, Second Kings continues where First Kings ends. The once great nation of Israel was split in two because the people forgot God. The book begins with Elijah, a prophet of God, being carried away into heaven. It ends with the people of Israel and Judah being taken into captivity. In First Kings, the beautiful temple of God was built. In Second Kings, it is desecrated and destroyed. 
Our chaotic and corrupt world is strikingly similar to the world described in 2 Kings. Countries are tormented by war. Many people follow the false gods of technology, materialism, and war. True worship of God is rare on the earth. We can turn to examples such as David, Elijah, and Elisha, who are devoted to God's high honor and moral law, and who brought about renewal and change in their society. More important, we can look to Jesus Christ, the perfect example. For nations to do God's will, they need individuals who will do God's work. If your heart is committed to God, he can work through you to accomplish the work he has called you to do. And then the other just little note was effective living begins with the right attitude toward God. Before religious words come out of your mouth, make sure they are from your heart. Let respect, humility, and servanthood characterize your attitude toward God and others. Oh. Isn't that good? Yeah. Where it says, for nations to do God's will, they need individuals who will do God's work. Mm -hmm. And as we just seen on the the TV, maybe I shouldn't say this, but people were wearing abortion pins. In the government, the last, I don't know, speech or whatever. My gosh. Were they really? Yeah. They showed them and they took pictures and... It's like, like I'm for abortion or whatever. What our leader? Mm. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, that is. I mean, blatantly spitting in the Lord's face, basically. Yeah. I don't know. I'm never going to get over that. Like that really. And you know, that's happened to some people. And God will forgive you. Mm. But for the the leader supposedly of our country mm-hmm. which our leader is the lord to wear that it's very sad it's sad, so sad to me we just you know what we keep praying yeah and that's why you know we don't answer to man exactly you're right you're but right, that is troubling girl. yeah it is troubling but you're right there will always be a fallen world and we don't have to be fallen. You're right. Mm. Yeah. This. I'm sorry. Oh no! It's it is what it is. Okay. Second uh, Kings chapter three verses one through three. I didn't have anything. How about you? Second Kings one through three. No, I don't. All right, and then we have Second Kings three four through twenty seven. Any notes for there or anything? I have. Um, just like his ancestors Solomon and Asa, Jehoshaphat followed God, but he didn't remove the pagan shrines in the hills. It was against God's laws to worship idols in the shrines, and at first Jehoshaphat attempted to remove them. They were so popular that this proved difficult. In spite of Jehoshaphat's many contributions to the spiritual, moral, and material health of his country, he did not succeed in eradicating the hill shrines. Because those shrines were everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Anything else for there? Not for there, no. Okay. Then we have 1 Kings 22, 41 through 49. No. Second Chronicles 20, 31 through 37, the parallel verse. This summary says that Jehoshaphat did not remove the pagan shrines. Jehoshaphat destroyed most of the Baal and Asher 
Asherah, Asherah idols, but since he did not succeed in wiping out the corrupt religions practiced at the shrines, they were probably rebuilt each time he had them removed. I How sad. Yeah. How frustrating. Yeah. First Kings 22.50. No. Second Chronicles 21, 1-4, through 4, the parallel verse. I don't. Okay. And then Second Kings eight sixteen through twenty two, God granted Elisha's request because Elisha's motives were pure. His main goal was not to be better or more powerful than Elijah, but to accomplish more for God. If our motives are pure, we don't have to be afraid to ask great things from God, but we must be willing. But we must be willing to ask, and when we ask God for great power or ability, we need to examine our desires and get rid of any selfishness we find. Mm. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the parallel verse, Second Chronicles 21, 5 through 17, uh, anything for there? No. I just had God promise that a descendant of David would always sit on the throne. What happened to this promise when the nation was destroyed and carried away? There were two parts to God's promise. One, in the physical sense, as long as there was an actual throne in Judah, a descendant of David would sit upon it. But this part of the promise depended on the obedience of these kings. When they disobeyed, God was not bound to continue David's temporal line. Two, in the spiritual sense... This promise was completely fulfilled in the coming of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David who would sit on the throne of David forever. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. That's, that's what, it. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything you wanted to add? No. What a wonderful way to end about our Messiah. Yes. Well, that's it for this session, friend. I know that wonderful. was a lot, but there was there was a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah. Anything that's else you it. wanted to talk about? God bless. The summer's coming and we live in the heat. Oh, no, no, don't bring it up now. It's been chilly. Yes. And, you know, chilly for us is 57. Well, that's cold. Well. For us. Yeah. So we'll make it. I don't want, no. Yeah, it's coming. Okay. Amy, my favorite time of the year just ended. Late September Uh to Valentine's Day. And it is now September, it's now... February 15th. February 15th. That means my favorite time of the year just ended. Oh. So I don't don't want to think about hot summer. Okay, don't think about it. I know what's coming. I know. We'll be fine. Yeah. We're going to make it. There's going to be a lot of fun stuff, though. Sure. Graduations and parties and driver's licenses. and. Uh Uh-huh. That's okay. We could write a song. We should write a song for that oldest and sing it at his graduation party. No. Let's do it. I, I might not, do it by myself. You go ahead. No, I don't want to embarrass him. He would He would probably just jump in the pool. And... I know. And you know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'd do it to my own kids, but I'll, I'll show grace. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Okay, well, let's give out some info. The email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash study. Then, like I said, we also have Instagram and Twitter now. Instagram is uh, at MyBasicBibleStudy, and then Twitter is just Basic Bible Study. Love it. And then the website is MyBasicBibleStudy.com. Okay. Could it be any more confusing, Amy? Really? What? No. <laughs> just remember, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> 
basic Bible study. Just the go, three B's. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Just go to the website, mybasicbiblestudy.com, and all the links are there. Perfect. There you are. Do you remember BBW? Big Beautiful Women? No. When was that? <laughs> Well, I'm not going to get into that. It's all right. I'm, I'm a BBW. I'm 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 a big girl. Amy, well, I'm not. I yeah. What decade was this published? I'm gonna say ninety. <gasps> that late? Maybe eighty-five. Okay. Yeah. And it was just big gals. BBW. It was literally called BBW. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm a BBW, so <laughs> I know how it feels. Okay. But it just, what did it show? It showed fashion and... Oh, okay. I didn't know oh. if it was something else. Oh, okay. no, no. Okay. It showed, like, fashion and, like, you know, um, just articles and stuff. It I was good. So it was good. Was it kind of like a Vogue, but for big yeah, gals? maybe. A okay. lot thinner, but yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that thick of a book, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up now. <laughs> it's going to be those... Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be those... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The glamour shots? With the light beer? <laughs> that you would get in the mall? <laughs> oh. 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 Can you see them? <laughs> with the big pompadour yeah. hair? Yeah. Okay. And the light behind you with it coming through the hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the style. Well, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Amy, now I want to know this. How is How was it possible that there was a company called Dress Barn? <laughs> how did that end? It's for... Primarily, big gals. It is? It was. I don't think... I don't. I know don't. A, it was? Yes. Half the store was big gal, and then half the store was oh. regular, but it was mostly aimed towards big gal. And you know that it probably started as for big girl. Why would you name a business Dress Barn? I have no... Well, Tent City. Oh, Tent... Was Tent City for big people? Well, Tent City was tents, but oh. people used to joke, well, go to Tent City. <laughs> It's sad. Where are you going to go buy your dress? Dress barn. Oh. Well, no, that's horrible. It really is. <laughs> like, you're so big, you have to go to dress barn to buy your clothes. The Lord loves us as all sizes. Oh, no, he does. He does, but I'm just saying that's a horrible That's terrible. Name. I'm glad I never went in that store. I never even thought about that. I mean, honestly, that's terrible. Dress barn. <laughs> I, I whatever that was hysterical you never heard of bbw i've never heard of that yeah i'm shocked it's not in publication now i know because it's really larger people are more accepted it, oh they totally are now now it was just women not big guys no 
I think they should have thrown in big guys too. Oh, yeah. BBW, oh, not by BQ, BBW Magazine. A woman named Carol Shaw came up with the terms Big Beautiful Woman, and BBW decided to launch a magazine, 1979. Oh, well, I didn't get on the bandwagon until the 80s. <laughs> it quickly became a unique resource for big, beautiful women everywhere. Yeah. It, they held fashion shows, yeah. merchandising, they launched a friendship service, held an annual model search. In the late 90s, it ceased publication. So it lasted almost to the oh. late 90s. So maybe 20 years. Yeah. Well, that's great. In the past 20 years, BBW and its readers have helped build a $30 billion per year plus-size garment industry. So anyway, God bless us all. Oh, well, wait, next time. Oh. Okay, so next time, here's what's going on for next time. Because we're going to finish up this portion of Kings and Chronicles. Okay. I'm not going to read all of it because it's a lot. Okay. But I'm going to put it up on the Facebook page. God bless. Essentially, it's going to be 2 Kings 2 through 2 Kings 15. And the parallels, Second Chronicles 21 through Second Chronicles 26. Oh. So that's essentially what we're covering. And then that's going to take us to, I forget who, but it'll take us out of the Kings for a while. Okay. Uh, so please go to the Facebook page if you want to read along. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you yes. coming back. Oh, I and, had a blast. Yes, it was very fun. Yeah, everybody stay humble. Yes. Have a blessed week. Yeah. Oh, oh it's, it's the, the fridge. fridge. Yeah. If, if it's a noise, it's the fridge. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, take care, All right. everyone. Bye-bye.